Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. Soon we're going to be joined by 444's John Daigle to break down the latest market movement uh, for particularly the Bengals on Championship Sunday coming up. Uh, we'll also discuss uh, some futures markets around the NFL. The Bengals are now one and a half point favorites, Drew, in Arrowhead. <laughs> we'll get into that. But first, it was a pretty grim night of sport. Uh, <laughs> coming off of uh, Sunday's games uh, pretty recently. And um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the slate and it's like Hawks, Bulls, Grizzlies, Kings was the best game on paper. And then Ja Moran is ruled out. So I think it was a night It was a night for tennis. And then uh, the star was uh, the great Elena Rabakina, who are uh, as... <laughs> as two men who are on the other side of the bracket and uh, on Arena Sabalenka. Looks like we're on a crash course for Rabakina again, just as we were with Ons Jabeur, uh in Wimbledon. So this is, uh, it's revenge time. Uh, and I don't feel good, Drew, because Rabakina looked no. absolutely magnificent last night. Yes, she is in form. Uh, that was scary. Uh, <laughs> Ostapenko was overmatched. We knew that. But uh, the fact that Rabakina, you know, just, she gets broken early in the second set and is like, all right, fine. Done. Afterburners on. See you later. Uh, it was a very impressive performance from Rabakina. And I don't think I'm going to make the same mistake twice. If we get Sablanka, you know, Rabakina in our final, I'm almost certainly going to protect my position to some degree. Um, not going to ride that one into the sunset. Um, yeah. The what fact that she's that got yeah. Sablanka, Rabakina, if that's the final, what do you think the price will be? Uh, I mean, Rebecca has got a pretty clean semifinal now where she's probably going to come through 2-0. Not that, you know, Azarenka is a pushover, but Rebecca just has elite, you know, shot making and, you know, Azarenka just holds on for dear life at some some points on serve. So I would not expect that to be an especially competitive match. Sabalenka also, I think, comes through cleanly, but, um, you know, some of how you win in these next two matches is going to matter for how you price that final. Uh, Sabalenka minus 125. I mean, some yeah. small, small uh, edge to Sabalenka, even though, I mean, Rabakina is picking up market steam like she's rolling downhill. Like, <laughs> this is this is uh, really getting away. Um, I had the joy last night of betting on uh, Karin Hatchinoff. Um, and uh, you know how you have, like, different liquidity at different books, you know, that are not always yeah. even? And sometimes you're just like, well, I'll play it here because that's where I'm, you know, the most flush right now. Well, I picked a book that voids all retirements instead of <laughs> the book that grades after two sets are complete so I don't get a win on Karn 
matching up. Uh, so it was a frustrating night all around last night. And uh, yeah, need Sabalenka to take her business tonight. I do not want to sweat uh, a Vekic, uh, you know, uh, upset threat. Yeah, come on. Yeah, Sabalenka is my last ticket uh, with Holger Rune <laughs> down and Yannick Sinner and, and everyone yeah. else. Uh, Sabalenka or bust uh, at this stage. Um, just quickly, Jess Pagula. Uh, second Oof. slam in a row where she completely, completely no-shows the quarterfinal. Um, yeah. I didn't watch this uh, match because it was in the middle of the night. Um, but, I mean, it seems like the scoreline flattered her. Uh, Renka <laughs> was one for nine on break points in the first mm-hmm. set before closing it out and then just rolls her. Azarenka won 55% of points on Pagula's serve. Uh, so maybe she'll give Rabakina... Uh, a match for Bacchus minus 200 in that semi. And then on the men's side, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a depressing draw at this point. With And it's not just because my Sinner and, and Holger Rune tickets went down, but there's just... Stefanos Tsitsipas, is, he's kind of like the Andy Roddick type who's just destined to lose 3-1 in the final yeah. to the superior player, to Novak yes. Djokovic. So that yes. seems like where we're headed. Is there any... Do you have any faith that one of... Kachanov, Shelton, Paul, Rublev can actually do something, or is it just? just uh, I think I think I think Djokovic is going to take tonight's match somewhat more carefully. I don't think he's going to try to go out there and just unload on this kid. I think he'll uh, he'll probably feel him out early. I think Rublev can take a, you know, one of the first two sets, probably the first set, and then uh, uh, Djokovic will reel him in from there. But um, Rublev having played five against Rune is tough. Um, he's going to have a you know a difficult, you know, the longer this match goes, the more it tilts in favor of Djokovic, even though it's already clearly in his favor. So um, it just becomes, uh, you know, the, a, a bigger test uh, the deeper it goes for him. So um, good match to watch live and see if Djokovic is doing a little bit of uh, playing with his food like he does sometimes later in, in these uh, tournaments. Because, like, make no mistake, Djokovic is the best player and he knows it. He likes to inflict mental damage on these other up-and-comers. I'm, I'm dead serious here. Like, he will literally try to give Rublev some hope that he's going to win before ultimately squashing him so that next time he faces him uh, in the slam situation, he has that, uh, you know, he has that mental uh, well to go back to. And honestly, like, if we get to Djokovic Sissipas in the final, you don't think Sissipas is going to be reliving every moment of the French Open final where Djokovic did it to him? No, he's going to be thinking about that for the entire 24 hours leading up to the match starting. And, uh, you know, Djokovic is, uh, he's, he's, wired differently uh, he's obviously the greatest uh you know mo- most accomplished at least yeah i uh i i don't have great confidence in steph steph even in the center match he was desperate to i mean he was impressive in the fifth set but he was also desperate to give that away where after he yeah. lost the third and four sets then he started playing like random drop shots that were hitting the net halfway up like just out of nowhere like he didn't seem all there but you know maybe he's he's young enough maybe he can change it around but uh, i think it's going to be Djokovic. All right, let's uh, let's bring in four for fours John Daigle now and talk about the most surprising and strange line uh, in the world at the moment. <laughs> John Bengals, uh, one and a half point favorites uh, in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Uh, the total is forty six and a half. What do you make of uh, of this line? Which I think, if we were guessing preseason what it was going to be, we would have guessed uh, six or seven. Um, and now we got the other team favored by one and a half. And I'm guessing it's because someone 
maybe has information on Patrick Mahomes. It's certainly not me. I've been keeping my ear quite close to the ground, and I've heard nothing as of Tuesday morning. So it's something to monitor. But at the same time, we do know in their last three games, yes, the Bengals have won, but even step back and say it's been a close game throughout. Like Even this past matchup between these two teams this year, the Bengals had a 14-point lead. And just like we saw in the AFC Championship game, how the Chiefs blew that big lead, the Bengals blew that one and had to come back in the fourth quarter and win by field goal. So I even with Chad Henney, I expect it to be a close game throughout. I am trying to get a better number, though, on the Bengals. That was clearly, though, uh, what I needed to do at the beginning of the week. So I think I missed my chance there, unfortunately. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about market dynamics here um it's moving in the direction of say two and a half at a place like circa circa right now will take the biggest one click bet at 30k considering that there's only two games this week people have liquidity piled up from a year of betting football and there's not a lot to bet on right now if you're you know it gives you know you're not you're not you're not getting that that size bet down in college basketball sorry like you're just not so people are sitting on a lot of liquidity right now i suspect that some of this is speculative because as you we are relatively well tied into information channels and there has been crickets like there is not like sincere buzz among the info folks that Mahomes is not going to go, which means ultimately this becomes a guessing game of what, you know, what level will he be at out there? So let me set up a, a thought exercise for you then. Um, let's say that you remember when, uh, you know, Harrison Ford was, was making the new star Wars and like the door fell on him and he broke his leg and he was out there with a little rolly cart, you know, with his leg, you know, on, sure. on the cart. If Mahomes is out there on the rolly cart, you know, what, 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 uh, what favorite does he go off against the Bengals on Sunday? It, does it get to one and a half, you think? Probably. You, you, can't, you can't give them the three with a limped Mahomes. Because realistically, isn't this all about his arm? Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to obviously plant his leg to throw with his arm. But I think, to me, the whole thought exercise is if you're betting this is – the Bills and the Chiefs were rated basically equivalent by market going into last week, the healthy Chiefs, that is. And the Bills closed minus six at home to the Bengals. And obviously there has to be an adjustment off of that because the Bengals, their rating goes up because they won by 17 points on the road as a six-point dog and looked amazing. And the offensive line, albeit in the snow, looked amazing. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to be limited on Sunday if he plays. And the question becomes... Is that enough of a swing? I mean, is that is does that get you from Bills minus six to Chiefs plus one and a half? And I just I just can't imagine that it does. Like it's just it's just too much. Uh, so unless there is real confidence Chad Henney is going to be playing, which I don't know what that's founded on. So Jay, you look at this market and you think that limits are high enough and the number is sincere enough that that this is telling you that there is some sincere expectation that it's Henny? Not necessarily. I think like the thing to remember with this is that the difference between pick and one team being minus two and a half just isn't that significant when you're talking about a favorite under three. So I don't really understand the dynamic here. I'm not sure if there is information that's floating around that either Henny will play, which I would doubt, or more likely that Mahomes is going to be really, really limited. Um, and he's just not going to be close. He's going to be, you know, four points worse than he usually is, which I think is possible, but it seems like a lot of speculation and it seems like the market has decided pretty conclusively that Mahomes is not going to be useless, but 
isn't going to be a market upgrade over Chad Henney. Because hmm. like I've seen too much of Matt, Pat Mahomes off of a stable platform doing impossible things with his arm. Like I don't really know if there's anyone else I would feel less concerned about with a badly limited ankle than Pat Mahomes just because his singular gift is seems to be all in the arm. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, quarterback mechanics matter. I'm not an idiot, but, uh, you know, his ability to, you know, kind of do what it takes to beat the Bengals defense, which is literally going to be matriculate the ball down the field, get your short stuff, get McKinnon involved, get Travis Kelsey involved. And, uh, you know, hey, oh, by the way, he's behind an all-universe offensive line that's going to keep him from taking additional hits that could force him out of this game. Like, I just am not seeing the risk factors, the red flags here that say, uh, your Chiefs offense isn't going to be you know, anywhere close to what's expected. And that's what we're currently looking at at this market number. Um, Diggle, is, is all of this adding up to you? Or am I going to be the idiot out there with a, a bad number on the Chiefs as they're getting blown out by the Bengals for the fourth straight time? It's all adding up. I don't know about the results in your bad number, but wouldn't you circle <laughs> back and bet it right now? Because isn't this, we think, the the best number we're going to get if we're betting the Chiefs? The inflection point? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I get the Bengals minus two, <laughs> you think it's going to go like, further? I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess, at that point. Like the difference mm -hmm. between, I mean, it matters a little bit the difference between one and a half and two and a half, but it's not that significant. I think that there's more likely there is more scope. Certainly, I think for the line to swing more in the Chiefs' direction than more in the Bengals' direction. Like, um, and then we've got a question here from Aaron Campbell that there's KC plus two is popping up uh, and a rogue plus two and a half. Do you think we get to three at this rate? I just cannot imagine that it gets to three unless there is confirmation that Patrick Mahomes is not playing. I just cannot imagine that if Mahomes takes the field, that he can be a three-point dog at home to a team that was just a six-point dog in Buffalo. That's just like a nine-point swing off of Patrick Mahomes' uh, high ankle. Uh, I just can't imagine that that's going to be the case. So, Dave, my question for you is, what did you think Mahomes looked like in the second half? Because I thought he looked okay. Like, he didn't look great. He didn't look like Patrick Mahomes. But I thought he looked good enough for the line to not swing seven and a half points. And again, these last three games have been very close. That's what I keep looking at as well. And so even if we do get, gosh, what would it even be? 50 to 60 to 70% Patrick Mahomes? Sure. I think a, a close line is what we're eyeing here. I also keep going back to the other side of the ball as well because – we tried, I tried, to factor in the Bengals' offensive line issues and missing three starters against the Bills last week, and it didn't even matter. And maybe that was because of Joe Burrow's time to throw, 2.3 seconds the last month, actually, since they initially lost Lyle Collins, which is when the dominoes began to fall in the trenches. But also, maybe because like this is now their offense, and so if the weather, for instance, in Buffalo, the, the flurries of snow then negated the Bengals' offensive line issues, and we are expecting yet again flurries of snow in this game. Don't we just cancel out that situation altogether and call it even ground, basically, for both teams? In which case, I, I would actually give the lean to the Bengals in this situation. So I think there are a lot of factors I keep going back and forth on in this game. See, I, I'm, I'm now. I'm drinking the, I'm drinking the, uh, the, um, the cool, the red Kool Aid entirely here because I look at the matchup for this Chiefs defensive line and I'm like, the Bills really couldn't get it done. They needed to get interior pressure and they couldn't win their one on ones. 
and it was a tough ask because of the field conditions. But those guys, you know, they're they're not all they're not all pro like Chris Jones is. Chris Jones was your second best defensive player this year in my mind after Nick Bosa. Just by the way that uh, Parsons faded down the stretch, and Chris Jones is going to be an nightmare matchup for the interior of this offensive line potentially that is, uh, you know, that is uh, you know limited in terms of just healthy bodies. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the chiefs defense as the kind of saving grace here, even if this is uh, potentially a, a Chad Henney game or a, the 70% Mahomes game. And um, I don't know, not, not afraid to get involved with the chiefs here, but uh, I will go on record. I think this is all speculative. I think there are a lot of people who took Bengals at these prices in the small potential that this becomes a Chad Henney game under which point at which point this flips across three. And then you can have, you can literally be one click. You're sitting on a middle of three for an AFC championship game with Joe Burrow needing to win by three. So that, that's I, a very, very attractive situation to be in. And so I think there's a lot of speculative, uh, you know, move behind pushing this Bengals number out, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing then if you're betting on the Chiefs defense to be the X factor here, you're also leaning on the under. Yeah. Oh, yes. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. And I, and honestly, I think that's another I maybe that was always the always the move, right? It's yeah. tougher to get a big bet down on the under, but it was on the other side of 47. 47 is obviously key in the NFL. Um, the idea that uh this is uh, a game plan that you know that uh, Andy Reid cooks up that has a healthy dose of Pacheco and uh, and McKinnon uh, that he is looking to get the ball out of Mahomes' hand quickly with uh, you know short depth of target to the likes of um, you know the likes of Kelsey and and uh, Kadarius Tony uh, you know not asking him to wait for plays to mature down the field all of that seems like the most likely potential. Uh, game plan here for the Chiefs and all of that will just eat clock like if you have completed passes over the middle of the field and a lot of running attempts like this clock is going to evaporate so uh, yeah I'm on the under uh, and I think this continues to move down irrespective of the quarterback play yeah there's a couple a couple of things one around the market dynamic I think that maybe one small element of this is that for the past three weeks, and we've talked about this, the Chiefs have been a big bet to win the AFC and the Super Bowl. The market has gotten that wrong. The market didn't factor in um, the Bills-Bengals cancellation enough, particularly when it was clear that they weren't going to play the game and the Chiefs were likely going to get the one seed. And so a lot of people bet on that heavily. And I think there would have been uh, some aspect of, uh, yeah, I'm just going to back the Bengals to cover that position a little bit because of the uncertainty, particularly when it opened... Chiefs minus two and a half, uh, and people just didn't want to um, deal with that situation, I would say. Um, and then another thing, just around the Bengals, Ted Karras is hurt now as well. They've like, <laughs> got 80% of their offensive line yeah. is either banged up um, or not playing. And so I think that, yeah, with the conditions that definitely mitigated Buffalo's pass rush. Now, yeah, there's going to be snow apparently in Kansas City on Sunday. I don't think it's probably going to be to the same extent. And so I would expect that, you know, I think people still have it in their minds that the Chiefs don't have a good defense. The Chiefs were 15th in EPA defensively. Like that is, it's a fine enough defense. Uh, And I think that, you know, just based on how poor Buffalo played defensively and the amount of plays they were missing in the secondary, you know, they were down to fifth string safeties and missing Von Miller on the defensive line, obviously. So I do think the Chiefs defense might provide a little more resistance against the Bengals, even though their defense hasn't been as good as the Bills uh, across the season. But yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs are the only play uh, at the moment 
from a player perspective, uh, John, is there anything that you're eyeing in terms of player props? Both Mahomes and Burrow uh, are set at 270 and a half passing yards, which to me is just the market throwing its hands up in the air. I'm <laughs> saying you do what you want with this because we don't know where to put it. And Patrick Mahomes, whether he's healthy or not, didn't eclipse 275 yards in any of the past three games against the Bengals as they have been more controlled environments on offense. I will go back to the well on Samaj Ryan receptions whenever we get the number. Ooh. They're going to come out low. <laughs> they came out at one, one and a half, depending where you shopped at last week. And I, I bet it knowing that the Bengals obviously had the offensive line issues and we are still looking at this quick passing attack which Joe Burrow has leaned on, as we mentioned earlier, since week 16. And even last week, he went 6 of 12 on throws 10 yards downfield. Like, the offensive line didn't matter against that banged up, as you mentioned, Bill's defense. But at the same time, we now know that P. Ryan is their receiving back. He's playing third downs over Joe Mixon, and the wild card, he ran 22 routes to Mixon's 10. And then last week, again, for the second consecutive game, ran more routes than Joe Mixon. So we're going to get a low number there. And just leaning on the Bengals' quick passing attack, I think P. Ryan yet again has four to six receptions in this game. Ooh, that's oh, a fun angle. Yeah. Yeah. Samaje Perine. I had a big bet, big bet on Samaje. I think under five and a half rushing yards in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, I took the last play of the game, uh, or the second last, where apparently, I don't know why he was in the game instead of Joe Mixon uh, on that final drive, but uh, he was able to go under. So, yeah, all in Samaje. Um, let's jump to 49ers Eagles, which is the more conventional game on the board, uh, a market that makes a lot more sense and I feel like is a lot easier to discuss just uh, as the ball lies. It's Eagles minus two and a half. The total is 45 and a half. Looks like conditions are going to be fine in Philadelphia. Do you think this line gets to three, John? And uh, what's your read on the game? I don't think so. And I think that gives us an advantage because I feel like anything under three, we are obligated to go heavy on the Eagles, knowing that the Eagles, I feel like, don't have a single weakness. And we're all still just waiting on the Brock Purdy ride to discontinue. And you can argue it actually failed him last week because the Cowboys blitzed in the, the fewest times of the divisional round. And yet Brock Purdy was absolutely miserable, under pressure on 50% of his dropbacks, four of 12 under pressure for four and a half yards per attempt. And now we get this Eagles defense that leads the league in both sacks per game and sack rate when rushing yep. three or four pass rushers, like basically not sending a blitz. And so it's honestly, I think, Brock Purdy's worst nightmare. And as someone who has bet with Brock Purdy this entire run, I am more than happy to go against him in this situation. Uh, having said that, yes, I, I do think it stays at two and a half. Drew, curious to get your thoughts on that because I feel like three, there's no action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree. I agree with you 100% because I think three is fair. Uh, but right. uh, but uh, I that was all music to my ears. Um, I have been weirdly ascribed as the Brock Purdy hater in the in the sports talking head landscape around betting, even though, like, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like it's really that outlandish of a take to be like, you know, the last pick of the draft you shouldn't necessarily expect him to go on a Super Bowl run his rookie season. That's not a hot take, guys. Um, that said, you know, somebody who has backed Purdy uh, flipping on him uh, now. Now I'm not alone. So that uh, thank you for that, John. Um, the uh, the read you had on the game, I thought was absolutely perfect there. Not only has Philadelphia been unbelievable at generating pressures, but they remind you of the old Niners. 
They have wave after wave of guy. It is not a matter of their four guys are go, 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 and they get tired, and then they are less effective in the second half. Like, they are relentless. Uh, And so I'm very excited for a potential game state where the Eagles have a lead in this one, and then they got to put it away on the back of their defense and their running game. Uh, I feel like this one also has a decent edge to the under. I know 45 and a half is on the wrong side of 47, but at the same time, like, both of these defenses should find success in this game. Uh, is there anything about the Eagles offense, Jalen Hurts in particular, that concerns you going up against the Niners defense that has been pretty superlative against 11 personnel this season? No. I know people are citing how Jalen Hurts hasn't been accurate or thrown deep of late, but he's also played the Giants in his last two games. And we know his three quickest times from snap to throw this year all occurred in the three games against the Giants. That was a game plan to scheme against weak Martindale, just sending the house and leaving man coverage out. So they had to get the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands as quickly as possible. Whereas I think that's good preparation for this Niners defense. I've been comping them all week to Dallas's pass rush, which remember, the Eagles played in week six. And all they did in that game was line up the running back wherever Micah Parsons lined up. That particular side run RPOs, and Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, would just run flat routes, and if Micah Parsons went with them, Hertz would run it up the middle. If Parsons stayed in to guard Hertz, Hertz would dump it off. And I, I think they're, the Eagles are pretty much situation to do that again. The Niners are susceptible deep, so maybe setting up some deep passes with these underneath throws. A.J. Brown in that game, actually, against the Cowboys, had a season-low 4.8-yard depth of target, a 32% target share in that game. So I think they actually feed him underneath and set up deep shots because they know they can't run the ball. Like the 49ers, the, the most rushing yards against them this year was Josh Jacobs with 67. They don't leak rushing production at all. And so it's going to be a Jalen Hurts game, and I think we're going to see some, some great setups here from 11 personnel. Yeah, well, I hope you guys are right. I feel a little uh, nervous about this game as uh, someone with significant Eagles futures positions to win the NFC and win the Super Bowl. So I'm all in Eagles. I don't have a stent on the 49ers outside of some random Super Bowl MVP stuff, which is almost certainly not going to win. So uh, I need the Eagles in this game. I am a little bit concerned that I understand the focus is on Purdy and how he's likely going to struggle against one of the best defensive lines in football and uh, he did not look great against the Cowboys and now the Eagles defense I think probably has a higher ceiling um, particularly at home than what the Mm -hmm. Cowboys showed against the 49ers at the same time the Eagles are not going to be able to run the ball in this game I suspect and so it's going to be on Hertz's shoulder literally and he's uh, I mean, he only had to drop back 25 times against the Giants. That wasn't a great, I guess, stress case for what he's going to be like. Also, for all the talk about Purdy, and you know, this is going to be the biggest test of Purdy's career, Hertz has never played a defense this good in the playoffs either. Like He's got a lot of pressure on him too. Now, I would rather be on Jalen Hurts than Brock Purdy, and it's not particularly close, But and a lot of this is just nervousness speaking about uh, being completely lopsided to one side and not the other, but... If it got to three at that point, I think I would prefer to be on San Francisco. At two and a half, I think the Eagles are probably the side, but uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's uh, it's likely going to come down. All right. So I got my work cut out for you to really kind of talk up the Eagles this week, I see. Okay. All right. All right. That's okay. I got this. We got this. I do like that uh, Diomedor Lenoir is uh, out on the field and he is uh, – he, he has been a popular target, and uh, I'm not sure the Niners can fix that. And the fact that the Eagles have 
Brown, Devontae Smith. Got it. I think uh, I think that they will be. Um, I think they will be able to move the ball enough to win the game, but I think it's going to be a bit rough. All right. Let's uh, before we get to the futures markets, just a reminder: if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you'll have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen on the PGA Tour as well as in college basketball and the NFL, including a shot at $100,000 on Championship Sunday if you enter our Sunday Night Seven contest. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Selling smoothies is what I do. But for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too. So he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial Initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369. In New York, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867. In Louisiana. All right, uh, before we say goodbye, John, Super Bowl champion odds, the Eagles are the favorite at plus 250, though it's very tightly bunched. The Bengals and Chiefs both plus 260 and the 49ers plus 325. Any interest in anyone in this market? It's so interesting because I think I'm going against Drew and getting the Bengals with the number. But at the same time, it's such a coin toss that you're obviously just looking at the best odds between 
Bengals, Eagles, and in my opinion, Chiefs, Eagles. I, I don't want to be on the side of the Niners here for future. So that's the way I'm looking at it, honestly. Okay. That's fair. And I think uh, it's not crazy to look at what's going on in the market between the Bengals and Chiefs and assume that the, you know, the soup, you know, there are other ways to attack it. If you've missed the best of the number on the Bengals, you know, do the, your homework on what the, what the futures look like for that team. If you uh, would prefer to take a, a spot there, that makes sense to me. Um, the, uh, the current numbers to me look pretty good. So I'm mm-hmm. passing here, but um, I do think there are fun ways to attack uh, um, the, uh, the Super Bowl MVP market. Uh, how do you kind of gauge uh, the way that the win share divides up between some of the teams that you think realistically could get there? Well, Last year, remember, we tried to sprinkle on so many different players, Matthew Stafford included just being a quarterback, when really the MVP of that offense was Cooper Cup. So the short number, and I believe it was plus 450, was just the best the entire time. And I think it's the same with Jalen Hurts, honestly. If you think the Eagles win, uh, that's the number I'm looking at, knowing he's the catalyst, knowing he can get it done with four total touchdowns, two through the air, two on the ground. That's the way I'm looking at it in particular. Otherwise, we may start looking to a Travis Kelsey if you think numbers dip, especially if we don't get Mahomes, and maybe it's Henny who sneaks by. Uh, But receivers-wise for the Chiefs, I wouldn't be looking at that. And then, of course, probably Joe Burrow as well. Those are the three favorites. Yeah, I would say to me the most interesting thing in this market, like I think that the the three teams that have uh, MVP candidates at quarterback um, in the Chiefs, Bengals and Eagles, those markets, they're just so there's so much equity that goes to Mahomes, Hurts and Burrow. So it's difficult mm-hmm. to find value in there when all of those guys are probably at least an eight, I'd say Hurts is like an 80 percent chance to win if the Eagles yeah. win and then Mahomes and Burrow are getting to 90 percent and above type of range and Mahomes as well. If he's in the Super Bowl, he's going to have an extra two weeks on the ankle. So mm-hmm. you expect by that point, he's going to be close to himself. So to me, the most interesting thing is the 49ers in this market. Who I know we don't believe in and they are the fourth and last favorite to win the Super Bowl, but look at the game against Dallas. Like who would have won MVP for the Niners that day? I think it would have been Fred Warner. Uh, who had an interception, <laughs> nine tackles, tackle for loss. No one uh, did anything really from a skill position perspective outside Kittle, who went yeah. five for 95 with no touchdowns. I think Fred Warner would have won MVP. Uh, and so that just goes to show how open it is on the side of San Francisco. So I think Warner, who can get above 100 to 1, Bosa's odds are now not the most appetizing. Kittle as well, um, just on the idea that he's had three games where he's caught multiple touchdown passes from Brock Purdy. I think he is live as well. But yeah, I would only be looking really at Niners in this market now. Uh, I think all the other guys have, uh, have been bashed into place. What do you think of that, John? I'm admittedly a boring Super Bowl MVP better. Uh, I support fun, though. So I support your numbers. That's totally okay. Uh, I'm just not the person who chases Brisbane Jackson. So I just, I'll never get there, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah. the, the way old. to break down the market is just like, all right, well, what are the team's odds to win? And then break down the Absolutely. equity by player. And I just think Brock Purdy is 40% win equity for the Niners, which is about as low as for a quarterback. (laughs) There's 60% of the rest of the market to be spread among Niners. There's just more opportunity to find potential value there versus finding 20% uh, max on the other three teams. So I think the the Niners are the places to look. And we've been talking about this for two weeks now, Jay. 
the only the only look in this market is Hertz, the only one, because I, you said eighty percent. If they go, it's higher because if the Eagles win that game, people literally are going to be like, Hertz beat Mahomes, Hertz beat Burrow. Like it's not going to be, uh, you know, a, hey, we're going to have to look for some other guy to get credit here if the because uh, the Eagles will be dogs. Hertz already is owed uh, some consideration for MVP because when he got hurt, he was the presumptive uh, winner of that award during the regular season. Like makeup award factor, uh, underdog factor, head to head against the, the the best two quarterbacks in the NFL right now that people are weirdly debating this week uh, between Mahomes and Burrow. So you know it's it's a uh, it's Hertz or pass in this one for me and thankfully we got some seven to one in pocket so uh no not as in love with 325 but i still think that's the only bet in this market yeah i think the only thing there is that he just doesn't throw as much as as mahomes and burrow and so he only had 25 dropbacks against the giants and so there is a chance that he just doesn't put up that many stats but at the same time i agree he's the heavy favorite if the eagles win all right john thank you for joining mate can you tell people where to follow your work and uh, what you're working on at the moment as you can see on the screen. Oh, it was there previously. At Najee Diggle on Twitter. That's fine. <laughs> and, of course, 444.com. And if you want to hear more football podcasts, and you probably do since you're listening to this every single day, the most accurate podcast. Just type in that phrase in iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your feeds, and I will be right there for better or worse for you every single week. All right. Awesome. Thank you, John. And go Chiefs. Let's – uh. Let's read one more promo and then close out. Uh, reminder to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right, Drew, what are you looking forward to tonight? Uh, I got some NBA in action. Um, I am going against the mighty Boston Celtics. I'd back to your heat and Victor Oladipo uh, against the seas. We haven't seen the seas injury report yet, but I like where Miami is at from a health perspective. Um, I'm considering going against your Denver nuggets, even though Nikola Jokic is questionable. If he plays that market is going to overreact, I think, and I'm going to take some Pelicans. Uh, and I like uh, the wizards against the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, I have Phoenix also against Charlotte. So I got four, I got three in, in the accounts now, a fourth adding potentially with the Pelicans. So it's going to be a heavy NBA night for me. And then, uh, we're sweating Sabalenka and on the men's side, I like Rublev to take a set. That's a fun bet. Uh, Djokovic three, one is also a fun way to play that one. That's available at two sixty five. I think that's a very fair price. Um, so, uh, that's about it for me. A lot, a lot I got, I got a lot to sweat tonight. Yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, Sabalenka is the main uh, the main focus of my evening, for better or worse. Hopefully that is not a sweat. Uh, I think, yeah, the Nuggets-Pelicans game is maybe the most interesting on the board, along with Celtics Heat. I think the Nuggets right now, one-point favorites. That's not a real line that's going to move one way or the other, depending on whether Jokic plays. I suspect Michael Porter Jr. is not going to play based on everything that's happening in his life at the moment. Um, so he's probably out. and It's going to be um, probably depending on, on Jokic, whether he's in or not. I will say that Jokic missing these past couple of games, his MVP odds should only short because he's missed a couple of games and the Nuggets have, uh, have created more separation for the one seed and Luka got destroyed uh, by the Clippers. So uh, I think that Jokic, still minus 110, is, uh, is the best futures bet uh, on the board. Uh, we'll talk about MVP uh, and other markets with Kurt Heelan 
tomorrow. Um, so that'll be an NBA heavy podcast. Yes. Uh, until then, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. From Jake Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll be back tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.